Hey guys, welcome back to Brown and Feminist. It's Misha. This is Satika. Today's episode is all about health, fitness and well-being. We have a special guest today. Hi guys, my name is Dylan. I'm the owner and founder of DNA Fitness UK. I'm an online coach and a personal trainer. So um, that kind of started a few years ago. I mean, I've always kind of been into health and fitness. Yeah, I was kind of working in an office job and it was just boring, the usual nine to five sort of thing. And um, I decided I kind of wanted to do something different with my life. I wasn't happy in my life anymore. So I thought, what's the one thing I actually enjoy doing? And that was being in a gym. So um, I decided the easiest way to kind of get into that is to become a personal trainer, um, get your foot in the door in the fitness industry. So I went away, did all my um, studying, got qualified and all of that. And then I actually went away for a while. I got qualified and then I went off to Thailand and I was staying there for a while and training out there. I thought when I come back, I I need to kick on with making this into my career and my life. So when I came back, I created DNA Fitness. And my whole aim of it was that I feel like there's so much conflicting information out there, especially now with like social media and Google, YouTube, all of that. There's so much information. People get confused and there's a lot of bad information too. So I just wanted a place where I can give what I believe is good help to people. It's interesting that you mentioned conflicting information because right now we're seeing a lot of posts that say, you know, being fat doesn't mean you're unhealthy. And I noticed one of your recent posts, it says it takes some years of neglect to get here and shows like a larger person, a fat person. Mm. So stop expecting to get here in a few weeks. And it shows like a thin person. If you're fat, does that mean you're unhealthy? What's the line with that? Um, it, de- it depends on what you define as fat, you know, because some people... Well, a lot of people, I should say, think they're fat when they're not. Um, when I when I say fat, I just mean overweight, right? Or you have excess body fat on you. And I class that as unhealthy, yes. Obesity is one of the most dangerous diseases on this planet right now, but it's overlooked so easily. And even with what's going on um, in the world right now with COVID and all of that, um, obesity is one of the underlying health conditions that puts you at more risk if you do get COVID-19 you know but I feel like it's overlooked I personally think it's unhealthy I know there's people out there that kind of say well as long as you're comfortable in your skin it doesn't matter and I agree with that however you still have to look at it from a health perspective you know and it is technically unhealthy to be that overweight. So in terms of working out then and trying to maintain this level of fitness and health personally Hmm. for you what motivates you to work out? You know what? I get asked that so much. I always get asked what what motivates you, and um, it's honestly one of the hardest questions to answer. There's 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 a few different things. One of them is self drive. I just I am very disciplined, and I think I've built habits over the years. And this is what I try and teach to people that you're never going to be motivated twenty four seven. You know, most days I wake up and I can't be bothered to exercise. I'm tired. I've I'm busy. I've got things to do. Um, but it's the habits that I've built over years that make me get it done. Another part of it is therapy. I treat training as therapy. I always say it's it's like the one hour or so of my day where I can just not think about anything else except from just pushing myself. You know, I don't worry about any other stresses that are going on in life, anything like that. For the time that I'm training, I'm purely just focused on training. And it's it's almost like a therapy to me. So that kind of keeps me going. and. Probably the last thing I'd say that kind of drives me is 
I used to be a very fat kid. So I know what it's like to be fat and I hate it. So when I kind of grew up and I lost the weight and then I, I got into a decent shape and everything like that, I just said, I'm not going back to being fat again. In our recent two podcasts, we talked about body image. Hmm. And one of the motivating factors for a lot of people when it comes to working out seems to be to want to fit into society's ideal of like the perfect body. So like being toned or whatever, being slim thick if you're a girl. In your opinion, is that like a healthy motivation for someone to work out? No, to put it shortly, mm. no, it's not. Because the perfect, the perfect body doesn't exist. It's all subjective at the end of the day. And um, again, I feel like with social media and stuff, we see it all the time where you, you might look on Instagram and you'll see someone with what you think is an amazing physique. And then you look at yourself and you kind of feel inadequate. You, you feel like that's the physique you need to be happy. Um, but I promise you, all the people that everyone thinks are in amazing shape, if you were to ask them if they're happy with their physiques, they would probably say no. I always say training is kind of like, it's a never ending pursuit for perfection. Even myself, no matter what kind of shape I'm in, I'm never happy with it. Not in a, not in a bad way, but in the sense I'm constantly trying to improve myself. It's impossible to have the perfect physique because no matter what kind of shape you're in, you're going to find something that you want different. So I think, yeah, it is, it is quite an unhealthy thing, um, especially when you look at it, not just from, well, there's the mental health side of things, but even physically, a lot of people that are in amazing physical shape are actually some of the most unhealthiest groups of people. If you look at bodybuilders who compete, um, they have to have really, really low levels of body fat, really high levels of muscle mass, um, they have to be vascular, they have to be symmetrical, there's so much that goes into it and it is hard work and I respect them for doing it. And when people see these um, bodybuilders on stage and they have amazing physiques and everyone's like, wow, I wish I looked like that. Um, and they look like the epitome of health, right? But they're actually really unhealthy and it's not sustainable to stay in that kind of shape for a long period of time unless you're obviously taking steroids and things like that. But if you're trying to be natural and a normal person, it's very, very difficult. It's detrimental to your health at the end of the day. So to answer your question, no, I think it is unhealthy to think of it like that, um, especially when it comes to body image. Person you're kind of looking up to, comparing yourself to, they're probably not happy with their own image. But you look at it as like, wow, I want that. And you start feeling sad that you don't have that. Does that make sense? Yeah, and yeah. I agree with that as well. Do you think a lot of people are driven by pressure? Whereas for you, it's like an escape from the pressure. It's the opposite. Mm. Do you guys train at all? Yes, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) I Do you do um, do do anything active, should I say? Not just work out, but are you guys quite active, would you say? I'm active when I have to be. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I do Taekwondo and I meant to do it at least three times a week, but um, with COVID and everything going on isolation I haven't been doing that and to me that was like most of my workout mm. and um, I stopped working out before my exams around last year and I just like regularly working out and I just haven't gotten back to that but for people who are beginners or for people who are starting to work out after a long time what do you think would get them to do that what what would you suggest would be a good motivation to get up and actually start working out for beginners yeah um it's tough to say what's going to motivate someone you know Mm. but um what i try and say to people is you at the end of the day you have to do it for yourself you know there's only so much you can kind of force someone to exercise and be active if they don't 
want to do it, they're just simply not going to do it. Um, so it's hard to kind of say what what one thing someone can use to motivate themselves. I just say, think of it as this, look at, it, look at what's in it for you at the end of the day, right? Um, even if we take away the kind of looking good aspect of it, there's the whole feeling good as- aspect of it. There's so mm. many, there's so many benefits to exercise. I, th- I feel like nowadays everyone's so focused on the aesthetics and how they just want to look. And oh, I want my lower belly fat to go, and I want bigger legs, I want a bigger bum. But if you forget all of that and just think about the health side of it, there's so many benefits. Um, improve sleep it helps um, balance your hormone levels um, when you exercise you release something called endorphins which are like the feel-good hormones and um, they just boost your mood immediately um, with everything going on in the world at the moment there's a lot of stress there's a lot of anxiety a lot of depression a lot of mental health issues happening and exercise has been proven to help relieve these issues uh, things like that obviously then you've got your whole cardiovascular health your organs you're, you're just keeping your body in check you know what I say to people is your body, I always compare the human body to a car. And if you were to buy a really, really expensive car, you would look after it, right? You would make sure you get it serviced. You would make sure it's running well. You're putting the the correct fuel into it, everything like that. Um, you wouldn't kind of just rag it around. You know, It's something that's valuable to you. So why is your body not? Your body is the, the most valuable thing that you own. So why not look after it? I completely agree. And I also think like um, how you said before, to fit into the aesthetics and everything else, that is quite unhealthy to use as a motivation. Because for me, when like you said, endorphins and etc, I did it to feel good. And the bad part about it is sometimes I did do it to fit back into that dress that I wanted to wear. But yeah, most of the time when I do work out, it's because I just I feel lighter and I just feel better to work out but then when you have this ideal body you want to get into I feel like that just gives you pressure and every time you look at yourself in the mirror you expect almost immediate change Mm. by no means I don't think it's a bad thing to want to look good as well I mean that's part of it I'm not going to sit here and lie and say to you I don't do it for the way that I look I do it because it is therapy and because um, it makes me feel good and all of that like I said earlier I don't want to be a fat kid again because I care about the way that I look obviously so it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to look good. It's part of the package, right? It's look good, feel good, be good. Um, so looking good is is part of it, but I don't think that should be the main driving factor because if that's the main the main thing that's motivating you, sorry, is to just look good, um, then you're on a one way road to disaster. Because like I said, you're you're, you're never gonna you're never gonna be completely satisfied with the way you look. It's just how we are as humans. You know, it's very difficult. Um, especially when you get into this game and you start kind of seeing your body changing and then you kind of see different improvements you want to make. Uh, uh, there's always something. Trust me, I've been doing this for so many years and there's always something you want to improve. Everyone, otherwise people would go to the gym for two years, get into their shape and then they'd be done with it, right? You're always going to be goal-driven, whether that means you want bigger arms, bigger legs. Okay, I've I've managed to get a six-pack now, but I want to be a little bit stronger. So I want to lift a little bit heavier. Okay, to do that, I need to eat a little bit more. Okay, I'm eating a bit more now. I'm getting a little bit more fat on my body. Your body's constantly changing. Your goals will constantly change. Yeah, for me, it was when I felt good, I began to look good because I felt confident. So if I felt better, I I just felt like I looked better. Like I didn't care as much about what other people thought about me. I just, even the way I walked, 
felt different after <laughs> I constantly started working out. Like my mom was yeah. like, what's up with you? And I'm like, I'm working out, Ma. I feel like I'm top shit. I think I the looking good is, sorry, I think the looking good is incidental to the feeling good, right? Because when you work out and you know you're doing something good for your body, your perception of yourself changes. And by default, you think you look better. Mm. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so true. You do. And it's something that most people most people experience when they, I've had clients who have never trained in their life and it's the first time they're kind of taking training seriously. And you see it without even having to mention it or anything. You see these people's confidence levels just rise and rise and rise the more they kind of get into it. And it is, it's one of the side effects of exercise. You are gonna, you're gonna feel more confident and you're gonna feel more comfortable with yourself because of that. Now that you're comfortable with yourself, it, you don't really care what other people think about what you look. Because really and truly the people that are so, so obsessed with how they look, it's because they worry about what other people are gonna think. So yeah, confidence confidence is a big, big part of it. I, I'm the same. I was never a confident child. I was probably the shyest child in the world. I remember when um my my family used to have like guests around, and I used to go and I used to do stupid things like go and hide under the dining table and things because I just didn't, you know what I mean? I was really weird and shy mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. and it's only only after I've kind of started really got got into training that my my confidence came with that. I think one of the things that I have personally really found hard in isolation is working out at home. I find it so much harder to work out at home than work out at the gym. Do you have sort of any tips for people who at this time have to work out at home? What what do you find hard about working out at home? I think motivation wise, Mm. because it's almost like I do everything at home now. It's like, it feels like it's just the same environment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's what I've been finding with a lot of people now, um, including myself. Um, yeah, environment is a big part of it. It's like um, where we're all kind of stuck indoors right now. Uh, you kind of everything's at home, right? So there's normally you can differentiate between like the workplace and home and the gym, and you have all these different environments for doing these different tasks throughout the day. But when you have to do them all at home, it kind of all just becomes a blur. And um, I found that with a lot of people, myself included, that when this all kind of started, it was new, it was exciting. Everyone was happy to work out at home. In terms of my top tips, I'd say maybe try and change it up a little bit. Um, I don't know what it's like for you guys out there, but over here, we're allowed to go to like parks and things. So um, maybe even just go outside and go to a park and exercise there for a day, you know, just to have a bit of fresh air in a different environment. Um, Another thing you can do is maybe change your exercise, the way you exercise. For example, if you just had a pair of dumbbells at home and that's what you've been using all this time to exercise, it's going to get pretty boring. There's only, I mean, you can change all your exercises and all of that, but maybe get a few extra pieces of equipment like resistance bands or a skipping rope or, you know, when you have something new, you're more likely to use it. Do you know what I mean? When people, that's why they always say when people are struggling to go to the gym, it's advised to buy yourself some new gym clothes. Because when you buy new gym clothes, (laughs) so more people now have more gym clothes than they actually have spent time in the gym. So you you can't kind of constantly need that that something new. Um, There's loads, there's loads of different workouts you can kind of find online. There's plans and programs going around online. If, if you're really that demotivated and you really want to kick up the arse and you kind of just want someone to do it, get yourself a coach, get a trainer, join. There's so many group sessions now and Instagram lives that people are doing, and, you know, just to keep things fresh again and have someone kind of maybe there keeping check on you. 
how important do you think it is to sort of build that mental positivity in yourself as well? More important than anything else, I think. More important than the exercise and all of that. I think it's all mindset. I, I was sick a few years ago. I, I had cancer a couple of years ago. And before that, my my mindset was always disciplined in the sense of I would still get my workouts in. So I always kind of had the discipline side of the mindset, but I, I was never really positive. You know, I was always, I was a bit of a pessimist, you know, half glasses, um, half empty kind of guy. And then when I got sick and I actually started reading a little bit more about, you know, mindset, I think when you do get some an illness like that as well, you kind of don't really have a choice. You know, you have to kind of be positive. And I think that's where it all kind of started for me. And that's why I think it's so important because I've seen the changes that positivity can do. And I know so many people preach it on Instagram right now. And it's it's difficult to be positive 24-7. And I admit that I'm not. I'm never positive every single minute of my waking life. Um, but you have to try and be as much as you can. And I've I've seen firsthand in myself what it can do. I had stage four cancer and my survival chances were 42%. And I still said to myself, I, there was not a part of me that doubted that I was going to be okay. I just made sure I stuck to that positive mindset the whole way through my treatment. And I'm still here. And that's why I say mindset now to me is more important than anything else. When you, when you kind of let that slip, um, that's when you kind of start spiraling downwards and it is hard it is hard there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world there's a lot of stuff that goes on in day-to-day life but I'd say that's probably if you can get your mind right everything else is is easy um, there's loads of ways you can do it as well I don't know if you guys do you guys do anything like meditating or anything like that I meditate a little bit I've actually just started it's something that I've always wanted to do and I definitely find that it brings me a lot of peace I love starting my day like that it also really reinforces this idea that you are in control because you have those few minutes, 5, 10, 15 minutes where you're really trying to control your mind and you realise that if you can do this for 10 minutes, you know, you can do this forever. Like, it's mm. the power is in your hands. So it's quite empowering, actually. It is. I love it. How long have you been doing it now? Oh, probably only a couple of weeks, uh, to be honest. But yeah, it's already had such an impact. Uh, every couple of days, maybe every two or three days. It is actually amazing. Um, I try and I, I do try and do it every day. Well, I, I've done it every day consistently since COVID started. Um, I didn't have the time before. Well, I, I used to say I never had the time before when I was working a lot and I was just really busy, like traveling around everywhere. Um, but since COVID, where I've kind of had a lot more time for myself, I've started doing it every day. And you do, you see the benefits of it so much. I'm, I'm a much, much calmer person. I have a lot more peace in my life. You hear about meditation all the time now. So many people bang on about it on Instagram daily, but a lot of people don't actually know what it is or how to even do it or how to even start. And I feel like I was the same. I didn't know. You kind of know what it is, but how do you actually do it? And that's where the guided ones come in and they're quite good. I started with meditation probably two years ago, but I stopped. But before that, the problem was I couldn't sleep. I just had a hard time sleeping. So before I was going to go to bed or something, I just take a while to like let my whole body calm down, if that makes sense, yeah. for everything to relax and just not think about anything for a couple of minutes and just let my mind be at peace. And I found that that really helped me go to sleep because I think before that, my mind was just so full of everything that's going on in my life that it just I just wanted to stay awake. So for yeah. me, meditation helped 
put me at peace as well. And especially at night, like you yeah. say, that's when that's when everyone's minds start racing. You know, you, I feel like I don't know with you guys, but I feel like I'm the most awake at night. I come alive in the night is what I always say. My mind goes crazy. I'm thinking about yeah. a million different things. You know, that's things you don't even think about during the day. It just I don't know why it happens at night. Um, but it kind of helps um, step away from that. You know, like you say, bring bring peace to your body and just relax everything and go to sleep. Um, and especially now with COVID. I kind of mentioned this on my Instagram a while ago. This is a little bit random, but you know, since all this COVID stuff's happened and you guys were in lockdown and all of that, have you guys been having really weird dreams? Yeah, actually I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no, but I remember that I, I have had some weird dreams, yes. Yeah, because I put it on a poll on my... Because one day I woke up and I just thought... I've been Recently, I've been having the most strangest dreams that make no sense. They're just really weird. Yeah, so I put it on my Instagram story one day and I was like, is it just me or are you guys like having really vivid dreams since all this stuff's been going on? And it was a huge percentage, like 80 plus percent of people were like, yes, it's crazy. But I think, again, meditation kind of helps with that. If you can calm yourself down before you go to sleep, then maybe you won't have such weird dreams. I don't know. I think your mind's just racing and it's so free now that it's just idle to create such creative dreams I just kind of want to go back to something you said a while ago something kind of just popped into my head where you were saying that a lot of the time we attribute not working on ourselves to this idea of not having time and now that we have time you know supposedly we can work on ourselves more I actually think one of the big things with that is the work that you put into yourself ends up saving you more time in just day-to-day life like it kind of almost eliminates time that you would spend procrastinating or the time that you spend um you know worrying over certain thoughts you kind of the time you invest in yourself you actually get back I feel like that's what I'm trying to say yeah 100% I always say the the best investment you can make is in yourself and um, when it comes to time look times I'm a trainer right so I've had the time excuse a million times you know I don't have time to go to the gym I don't have time to prep my food I don't have time for it but at the end of the day we all have 24 hours a lot of people spend their time on things like Instagram for example and you can get lost in Instagram for hours YouTube you watch one video that takes you to another that takes you to another that takes you to another and next thing you know it's like three in the morning yeah so we all have time we all have time but we spend it doing other things and I feel like yeah now that we have even more time now we can kind of invest it in ourselves during covid uh let's say i've i've been reading a lot more i've spent a lot of my time reading mm-hmm. books a lot more which i've always wanted to kind of do but i just never like get like we said found the time you know because i my life was so hectic but when i look back at it even when my life was hectic i did still have time to read it's just when i had that little bit of spare time i just couldn't be bothered when I speak about it honestly, I just couldn't be bothered. I was really tired and I just wanted to chill out and maybe go on YouTube or go on Instagram or watch Netflix, who knows. But really, I did have the time to read and I feel it's the same for everyone else. We all have time to time to do things, we just don't. Whereas now, where, where people have been given so much time, they've actually started realising, actually, you know what, I can fit this into my daily life. It's definitely about prioritising. Um, I also just kind of want to add because we see a lot of things on social media about having to use this time productively, to an extent, it's okay as well to not do anything and to have moments where you're genuinely just 
trying to get through the day. Like I don't think there is it's it's almost counterproductive to have this excessive pressure on yourself to constantly be doing things, to constantly be working out, to constantly be meditating. Um, so I think that's just important to point out as well. Like it's fine to actually use this time as a break, purely as a break to an extent yeah. at least. Yeah, I think, yeah, correct. I think it depends on the type of person because I, I posted 100%. both things. Yeah. I posted both things up on my Instagram and even I was kind of, it was kind of conflicted what I was saying, but the reason I said it like at first when all this happened, I, I, I posted something about, yeah, you should be productive because I see all the time that um, people complain, I don't have time, I don't have time. So I was like, okay, you have all this time now. So what's your excuse now? That was my kind of mentality towards it. But then on the other side, like you say as well, um, some people just need a break. It depends on the kind of person you are. I can yeah. only speak I can only speak for myself again. And me, I am the kind of person I need to constantly be doing something. I need to be productive. Yeah, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't sit around watching Netflix all day. I'll go mad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I do put that pressure on myself, but because I thrive off that pressure, but some mm. people don't, some people don't like it. Some people do just want to sit around and watch TV all day. You might be thinking, well, I've got to go back to work full time soon. So I'm going to make the most of this break. By all means do that then. It's, it, it's each individual, do you know what I mean? Each to their own. So I'm the other kind of person, the one that can watch <laughs> Netflix for an entire day. But um, yeah, for me, I can't have someone telling me that you can take a break because I know I don't need someone to tell me that because that just mm. kind of tricks me into thinking that's okay for me to like chill out. And if I chill yeah. out like for one complete day, it's going to happen the next day and the day after that and the day after that. So if I'm going on a track, I have to keep going on that track. That's the yeah. thing I realized about myself with like the workout and uh, meditating and everything else. I think at mm. the end of the day, like you know yourself best. So you just have to do what works for you and not feel like you have to live someone else's life there's not there's not a one size fits all approach to life you know it's it's what, what's best for you but i think like, you mentioned like obviously a lot of it has been said about on social media and i think that's a problem in itself because i feel like people take it too seriously someone could have been having the most normal day and then they could have seen even my posts saying oh well you complained that you don't have time now you've got time what are you doing with it sort of thing and that would upset them but i feel like when you see things like that on social media don't take them personally don't let that yeah. kind of dictate what you do with your life yeah you have to be very very critical with what you consume online definitely and keep it in perspective that's a highlight of someone's day you know that's by no means a reflection of their life yeah. and you definitely just have to take it with a pinch of salt yeah. but i'll be honest the only issue i have is the people with exercise you know the people that always used to say i don't have time for the gym i don't have time for exercise and all of that they're the, yeah. they're the only ones i genuinely have an issue with because now you have the time to exercise yeah no i think at that point it just comes down to you don't want to do it and yeah. the reason is not that you don't have time it's that you're not motivated yeah. enough and that's a motivation issue you know i think it's like a whole different thing it's not that you don't have time there's another underlying reason there yeah and that's what i'm trying to get to I, I want to know what that underlying reason is that's why i kind of call people out on it and i say well you said all this time that you you just couldn't manage because you were so busy now you're not busy what's the root let's get to the real reason what's the real reason you're not exercising you know that's the only reason i call them out because i know there's an underlying issue there and time is just the front so do you have clients that, you know, pay for you to be their trainer, et cetera, but then later on tell you, no, I don't have time to do this anymore. I don't have time to work out anymore. Oh, um, this was about 
three or four years ago now. And I signed on a new client. She was a lovely lady, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. You know, she was just really friendly. And we started training. Basically, she paid over a thousand pounds for personal training sessions for me, which is quite a lot of money to commit to up front. But she was just like, I'm determined. Yeah. I want to I want to train every single day. You know, some clients, they might see me once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Um, she wanted to see me every single day. That's why she had to wow. purchase so many sessions. And it's obviously very costly. Now, this woman, her family were very, very wealthy. They had a lot of money. Like, every day she'd come to the gym in like a new Bentley, a new Porsche. Do you know what I mean? Like every day her, she would be Jeez. wearing like Louis Vuitton trainers to the gym. So I took her word for it and I was like, yeah, sweet, let's do it. I'm happy. I can fit you in every day. It's not a problem. So let's say I, I think she purchased 20 sessions up front. It was um, out of those 20 up front. She turned up to three of them. I'd ring her. I'd be waiting at the gym, ringing her. No answer. She'd call me maybe three hours later. Oh, sorry. I just couldn't make it today. The only person it's harming in both ways is yourself. You lost out on your money and you lost out on your health because you weren't at the gym. And she was a little bit overweight. And the reason for actually training was to get her cholesterol down. So it was her health that was at stake. So she lost out in that completely. And there was literally no excuse. That's probably the worst thing. I think at least make an excuse, you know, it's better than not having one. Does this happen often though? Do you get clients that um, say, okay, I want to come for like five sessions or 10 sessions and only come up for like half of them? Um, not really. Not really. She was the only one. What's the hardest part of training a person? It depends because some clients are just really motivated. So that's not hard at all. But then others aren't motivated at all. And I have to ring them at six o'clock in the morning to wake them up. So that's hard. So I think it just, <laughs> it, it, I think it just depends on the person. I think, okay, when we put it that way, I think the hardest part is explaining to people that change takes time. I think that's the hardest part. I feel like the hardest part is everyone expects quick fixes. And mm. when they don't get them, they get upset. Even with home workouts, like after I do a home workout, I expect to look like Serena Williams after time. Like I like, <laughs> like it's 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 so true. Like we just live in a society where we're so used to immediate gratification, like yeah. on Instagram with like. That's literally what social, social media, media is. It's immediate gratification. Yes, I spoke about this on one of my podcasts recently. It was about um, uh, a detox, a dopamine detox. Because instant gratification is what drives a lot of people now. Like you say, the likes on Instagram, you know, when you, you post a picture and the likes start coming in or the comments or when people follow you or anything, it just it gratifies you instantly. And then you kind of get used to that because it affects you on a physiological level. It yeah. alters the chemistry in your brain. You know, it's releasing dopamine, the same, the same thing that's released when you're taking drugs. You know, so it's, that's why they say social media is addictive because of the dopamine um, and that comes from the instant gratification but then you start seeking that everywhere else in life too and that's when you realize life isn't like that and then you get down and then you have other mental health issues and it's just it's, it's not healthy it's not healthy when you look at health overall I think in that sense for me personally like I've tried to go off of social media a lot so when I think it's getting too much and I when I feel like it's seeping into other aspects of my life when I feel more impatient with myself or with things I'm doing, I just delete the app for at least a week or so until I feel calmer as a person and I feel like I've got things organized. So for me personally, that always helps. Deleting mm. YouTube, deleting Instagram, deleting anything with social media or entertainment that just sort of drives my life in a different yeah. part that I want it to be. So at least I'm giving myself the opportunity 
to put myself right in the pathway that I want to be in. I think that's a good thing. That takes, it takes a lot of, again, motivation to do that. It's a hard thing to do. You know, if, if you were to tell someone to go and delete all their socials, most people won't do it because, again, people are addicted to it. You know, so I, I think it's a great thing. I think you should, if it works for you. I wish I could. I use my social media as a, it's part of my business. So I can't just kind of delete it. But there are weeks, again, where I just don't post anything. I'm very inactive on it when I get to that point. I don't necessarily delete all my apps or anything, but I just don't use it as much. And that's kind of where the whole dopamine detox kind of stems from. It's just switching off from all of that and letting your brain kind of reset. What's the longest you've gone without using it? Oh, I think I've gone like, no, there was a period where I didn't have Instagram for like months, to be honest, four, five months. What made yeah, you mine get was it back? like a month. What a made month. me get it back? Oh, that is a good question. I yeah, don't I just know. Think, I just think if you Actually, went all these months without it, what kind of drove you back to it? I don't, I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I, it wasn't even this idea of feeling like I had missed out because I don't feel like I had. I, I think maybe I was just like, oh, I forgot maybe how like toxic mm. it was. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'll just get it back. And then once I got it back, I was like, oh, okay, so this is why. This is why I deleted it. <laughs> No, for me, social media is, uh, my relationship with social media has changed a lot. Mm. Definitely there was a period of my life where it was really toxic and I felt like I had to compare myself to what I, what I was seeing. But now I definitely am like I'm at a much healthier place where then I don't, you know, I don't have my notifications mm. on. I don't really try and go on it. I try and limit my screen time. Good. So I definitely think that balance is important for sure. hundred percent. Balance in everything in life, right? So why not the same for social media? When we go off for reasons of mental health or whatever, we tend to remember things with rose-colored lenses. So we don't remember all the bad things about it, but we just mm-hmm. think, oh, it's so nice to like see all these things and see my friends and post beautiful pictures of myself. You know how you just said that when we think about social media, we tend not to remember the bad things about it. Don't you find like yeah. in life though, humans are programmed to remember bad things? Most people, most people remember the negatives in life more than the positives, except when it comes to social media. I think it depends on the situation. Yeah, I was going to say, I think when it comes to relationships as well, people tend to remember the positives. For example, like if they've just recently broken up with someone and there's like that yearning to get back together or whatever, in that phase, you're very much in the rose-tinted glasses stage, I think. True, yes. I feel I like the addictive things in life, like like you said, stuff that help with producing dopamine and et cetera. So being in a relationship, being in love, using social media, doing weed and et cetera, all of those things are addictive and you kind of remember them with rose-colored lenses instead of what was bad about them and why you stopped doing them. But then when it comes to yourself, you remember the negatives or it comes to the criticisms you've received about yourself. It's the negatives that far out, like are much clearer in your memory than the positives. I think mm. it's quite a sad reality, actually. It is. I agree though. That's, I've never thought of it like that. That's interesting. It is so true though. All the addictive stuff, we kind of remember the good because it's something that keeps pulling you back to it. But yeah, when people look at themselves, they, they do. It is, it is sad. It's a sad, sad world. And that's the thing. That's why I always say to people, the world we live in is, messed up right the way we've become as human beings it's it's totally messed up but that's why mindset and everything like that and health and the whole side of it mental physical all of that is so important because at the end of the day it's what's going to kind of get you through this there's no other way out of it you know you just have to find your own peace and your own happiness wherever you are 
Yeah. So if you could give um, a person one tip, the most important tip you can give for them to motivate themselves to do something better or to become a better person or to better themselves in any way, whether it's mental health or in terms of body image or in terms of exercise, what would that tip be? That's a hard question. Yeah. One tip for anyone. Ooh. I would say be as open minded as possible. I think I think that for, I know it sounds really strange and it's not very motivating in itself, but be as open minded as possible. Um, I say that because I feel like I was a very close minded person a few years back and it kind of it kind of stopped me getting to the levels in life that I wanted to, whether that be when it comes to training and lacking motivation or anything. When I opened my mind and started, I, I, I say I started my spiritual journey there. Um, and when you say that to a lot of people, they kind of just roll their eyes at it. But there is, a, I always say there's a lot more to this world than we know. And there's a lot more to us than we know about. And it's like how, kind of how we spoke about our, our mind is the most powerful thing in, in the universe, pretty much. Our mind is capable of so much. So I always say keep keep an open mind. Like when like I said, when I talk about certain things like meditation, people kind of just brush them off. It's because they're being closed minded towards something like that. Or when I say things about the law of attraction and the universe and stuff, most people just think I'm a nut job. But I think if you can keep an open mind and you can have conversations with people of all sorts, and uh, you can read all sorts of different books and just be open to absorbing knowledge. Um, I think that's what's going to help you majorly, majorly, majorly in life. You start to open yourself up more. You also start to believe in yourself more. Mm. You find yourself more. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, this thank episode. you for having me. It means a lot to us. So people can check your Instagram out. So DNA Fitness UK? Yeah, that's it. So it's at DNA Fitness UK. That's pretty, all my socials are the same. They're all at DNA okay. Fitness UK. We'll have it in the description. This has been Brown and Feminist. Thank you for listening.